0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. It's up, it's up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower.
3: the Berkshires to the sound from wherever you live in MLB America this is inside the Parker you give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on major league baseball now here's baseball hall of fame voter number 76 Rob Parker
1: welcome in to another edition of inside the Parker I'm your host Rob Parker what a great show we have for you today as we get into the final month of the season, former Major League pitcher LaTroy Hawkins will stop by. He'll give us some skinny on the Minnesota Twins trying to win the division in the AL Central. That plus foul or fair. Let's go.
3: Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball.
1: Number one. This was always the issue with the New York Metropolitans. Yes, it was about the Mets pitching starters and their uh, inability to stay healthy. Hello, Jacob DeGrom. Hello, Max Scherzer. And here we are. On Wednesday, Max Scherzer was headed to the IL and will be... uh, added to the 15-day injury list with an a uh, left oblique irritation. And uh, that means he'll miss at least two starts. We already know the history of Jacob DeGrom. When these guys are healthy, let's just face it, going into a playoff series, you would be very afraid of the New York Mets because of Scherzer and because of DeGrom. I'm not even mentioning any other starters in their rotation, but those two – going into a seven-game series or a five-game series or whatever it is, you got to feel pretty confident. But, you know, these guys have not been able to stay healthy all year. DeGrom missed a big chunk of the season. Uh, Scherzer, who uh, goes to the I.L. with a 9-4 and record, a 2.26 ERA. Um, you know, it's a big loss. I know it's only supposed to be a couple of starts. But these are the things that scare you when you have older pitchers and pitchers who just can't seem to uh, stay healthy. So the Mets will watch this closely, and this will determine really if they're going to be players in the postseason or not. If Scherzer and DeGrom are healthy, the Mets are going to be hard to beat in the National League. And if they're not or one of those guys are banged up or on the I.L. or uh, just not themselves, it'll be a totally different story number two on Wednesday against the Minnesota Twins in game one of a double dip that's right a double header Aaron judge hit his 55th home run of the season uh the man has had an unbelievable year but here's the history of number 55 Aaron judge has now hit more home runs than any other right-handed history right-handed hitter. In a single season in the history of the New York Yankees, that seems almost impossible when you think about the history and all the great players. But then again, a lot of their players have been left-handed, uh, Reggie Jackson, Babe Ruth, those kind of big sluggers, or Mickey Mantle, who was a switch hitter, you know, and, and you start to think, uh, Aaron Judge is now that guy from the right side of the plate. And also, uh, you know, Yankees ownership, and, and I get it, said, uh, quote, that he's an all-time Yankee and that they'll do whatever. They know his worth, and they'll do whatever it takes to keep him in pinstripes. Uh, so we do get that. And this was one of those make-it-or-break seasons where Aaron Judge went out and bet on himself and decided he was going to prove that he was worth more than the $213 million Contract extension the Yankees offered him before the season started. He turned it down. Some people thought he was crazy, Meshugana, given his injury history. But instead, he stayed healthy and has put up an unbelievable season, leading in uh, RBIs and leading in home runs. Number three. The Los Angeles Dodgers have had a weird season. They lost Walker Bueller, their A's. They've had pitching issues. Guys have been in and out of the rotation, and it hasn't stopped the Dodgers from totally dominating and blowing away the NL West. In fact, coming into Wednesday, they only needed seven more games to clinch the division. That's it. Last year, if you remember the Giants' Beat them out by one game. The Dodgers have been dominant. They had won eight in a row, so this will be nine out of ten. But this year has been incredible if you really think about the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, even without their star pitchers, and we we know that uh, Clayton Kershaw have been heard. It's just incredible. I mean, the lineup, we knew would be great, but we never thought it could come together in this fashion, and the Dodgers have such an advantage over the Padres and the Giants where it's no contest, to be honest. So uh, the magic number is seven for the Dodgers to clinch the NL West. Uh, Maybe no surprise for people that they're going to win the NL West, but in the fashion, how easy it's been, that's the part I think where uh, people are surprised because it hasn't been a smooth sailing season for the Dodgers. They've had their bumps, but they just keep winning.
3: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
1: Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Latroy Hawkins, who had a 21-year Major League career. Unbelievable. Currently, he works for the Twins, and he is a special assistant to the uh, baseball operations in Minnesota, and he's on Bally North's broadcast of the Twins games as well. LaTroy Hawkins, welcome to the podcast. How
4: you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
1: No doubt. Man, you played for everybody. The Twins, the Cubs, the, the Giants, the Orioles, the Rockies, the Yankees, the Astros, the Brewers, the Angels, the Mets, the Blue Jays. But you're a Minnesota twin. That's where you broke in. Is that where your heart is?
4: Yeah, that's where the heart is. You know that was the first team that you know they drafted me. They gave me an opportunity to pitch into big leagues, and that's why I met some of you know my dearest friends, my baseball buddies, and you know, and just I you know, just you know everything was the first here in Minnesota, and that's why you know they're definitely near and dear to my heart.
1: No doubt, and the Twins are in a struggle to uh, win that AL Central Division. Uh, just talk about the Twins. And uh, at one point, they had a nice, comfortable lead. And then uh, the Guardians came out of nowhere. The White Sox were supposed to win the division coming in. Uh, can the Twins win this division?
4: Um, I think they definitely have a chance. Uh, they're going to need some guys to come up off the DL. Uh, Sonny Grace should be coming back, you know, even tomorrow or hopefully sometime this week. And you got Buxton on the DL. You got James Oberg on the DL. Kenton Maeid on the DL. So. You know what, they were, um, they've struggled here recently because the Guardians have gotten hot. And, you know, I'm still not counting out the White Sox. I think they still have, I think, one of the better teams, or if not the best team in our division. And I hate to say that, but just they really have a a really good team. They just hadn't been able to put it together. But as long as there's time and the lead is what it is, you know, two or three games, you know, there's still a possibility. But uh, Twins just have to play better.
1: Coming into Wednesday, the Twins. One and a half games behind the Guardians. And uh, as you mentioned, the White Sox, uh, just three games out coming into Wednesday. Uh, The injury bug, Buxton, Byron Buxton is what a talented player, made the all-star team this year, but just keeps having these kind of freakish injuries and unable to stay. When he's out there, he's one of the best players in the league. It's got to be a little frustrating for Twins fans.
4: Yes, it is frustrating for the fans. Um, I wish they understood, you know, his commitment and his um, his um passion for the game of baseball and, you know, just hadn't been able to stay healthy. And he understands that and, and, you know, it's definitely something that, that stays in the forefront of, you know, everybody's mind when he does something spectacular on the field, like, you know, jump up over a wall or make a diving catch and you just, you grimace and hopefully hope that he gets up, you know, unscathed and you know he's been dealing with some nagging injuries all season, uh, and he just, you know, just came to a uh, point where he had to go on the on the IL. And hopefully, when we get him back, you know, you know he can take us to the finish line. But he's one of those guys, man. He can impact your game not just on the offensive side. If he's not hitting, he can impact your game on the defensive side. And not a lot of players can do that. So, you know, he's definitely the um, he's definitely a piece that we need to win the division
1: our guest is LaTroy Hawkins former major league pitcher broke in with the Minnesota Twins played 21 seasons including registering a sh- uh, save against all 30 teams in the major leagues pretty impressive uh Carlos Correa that was a big signing surprised everybody when the Twins jumped into the free agency market kind of had an uneven season uh, Talk about Carlos Correa and, and his twins uh, season so far.
4: Um, you know what he's actually played pretty pretty good. I mean, he's hitting what, two seventy five, he got, you know, some power numbers. He's just a really steady player and his defense is outstanding. But I think what people don't understand, like his leadership in the clubhouse is absolutely off the charts. And when you have a semi young team, you need a guy like that to come in and be the leader and it not be uh fake he is a real natural born leader. It's not manufactured. He is a leader and he goes out and he plays hard. Um, but he's, um, and you know, the next question might be, is he going to sign back? I don't know if he's going to sign back, but I tell you what, we've definitely enjoyed having him um, in 2022 because I couldn't imagine we would be where we are right now without him.
1: Yeah, he, he that, that is the case. And, you know, I uh, give the Twins credit. They they got a player of that caliber, gave him an escape clause. You know, if if it didn't work out in Minnesota, uh, but right. um, but I think that that was a smart little deal on both sides. And Latroy, if they do make the postseason, which they have a chance of making it, they got to finally get that monkey off their back and win a postseason game. Uh, the Twins have now lost 17 straight postseason games. How do you shake that or, or pretend that that hasn't happened?
4: Well, you know, just I think the message to the guys would be none of you guys were here to be part of that. You know, but um, 17 to so 14 of those games because a couple of years ago you got swept by the Astros, but none of you guys were here before that. So you guys only have three games. And we're not talking about the past. We're talking about the present and the future. And you guys could be the team, you know, the team of the – that can change that and that, at the end of the day that's all you can do you got to go out there and play the game and not worry about the past and we'll stay in the present and look for the future
1: LaTroy last thing Chris Archer who you know we know broke in with Tampa Bay was a big time pitching star at one point bounced around to a couple of teams and uh, found his way to the twins talk about the impact that he could have with this team as well as we play the final month of the season
4: well, he's been great. Um, you know, it was one of those signings where it's low risk, high reward, and I think we've definitely got the high reward. Um, you know, as an organization, we had a plan, and we are going to, you know, start him off slow, you know, early on a the big deal. Are you ever going to go th- go board in three innings? We had a plan set off in three innings. Then he worked his way to four, worked his way to five. Um, people have to understand that he was coming off an injury. He's been injured the last couple of years, so we didn't want him to re-injure himself. And, you know, over those two years, he's, been able to take care of his body. He looks amazing. He's moving well, um, and he's he's throwing the ball pretty good. I mean, he's he's starting to get his slider back, which is one of his his you know one of the best sliders in the game for about you know five six years when I mean, he was in Tampa, dominating. So he's uh, throwing a little bit harder. He's throwing a lot more change ups, and he definitely could be a factor going down the stretch. Uh, we're going to need him to go out there and and give us five plus innings uh, if possible, and hopefully you know, that'll be enough to uh, propel us into the playoffs. All
1: right. His name is Latroy Hawkins, a 21-year veteran in Major League Baseball, man on the mound, an incredible career. Latroy, my buddy, always, I appreciate you. Thank you so much.
4: All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you.
1: Fox Sports Radio
4: has the best
3: sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. it's time for the pocket protector central the analytic numbers
1: you need to know well maybe anthony masterson is his name bs analytics is his game what do you got for me anthony It's time
7: to drop the Babe Ruth comparison when it comes to Shohei Ohtani. Ruth couldn't even comprehend what we're seeing right now with the Angels slugging fireballer. Ohtani is somehow following up a campaign where he hit 46 home runs and posted a 318 ERA to earn a unanimous MVP with an even more impressive season. If you need to see how, just look at the company he's keeping. At the plate, there are only seven players in MLB this season with at least 30 home runs and a 900 OPS. Along with Shohei, it's Goldschmidt, Judge, Yordan, Austin Riley, Mookie, and Trout. And only Shohei, Judge, and Mookie have also stolen double-digit bases. Every player on that list will likely wind up a finalist for MVP this season. On the mound, there are only four hurlers to post an ERA under 260 with a 30% strikeout rate. Besides Shohei, it's Dylan Cease, Max Scherzer, and Shane McClanahan. Three guys also likely to wind up finalists for the Cy Young Award. Via baseball reference, his offensive war since the start of last season is 8.3. Basically, the number put up by Mookie Betts, 8.5. His pitching war since 2021 is 8.8, eighth in all of baseball, and just behind 2021 Cy Young winner Corbin Burns. Now, will he win MVP this season? Who's to say? Aaron Judge might set the AL record for home runs in a season, while the Angels are nearly 20 games under 500. But don't for a second take for granted the history we're seeing on a daily basis from Shohei Otani.
5: That
3: ball is... It was a big week in the big leagues.
1: Who's up? Who's up? A... I don't believe it!
3: My, oh, my! Is it foul or is it fair? And now, from MLBbro.com,
1: here's J.R. Gamble. After nipping at the Mets' heels and closing the gap slowly, the Atlanta Braves have caught the New York Mets as of Wednesday and tied them for first place in the NL East. JR, is it foul or fair to say that with 25 games left, the Mets will embarrassingly fall into the wild card spot and be supplanted by the world champs?
5: Foul. That is a foul ball. And I only say this because if you look at the remaining schedules, the Mets on paper have an easier go. 15 of the Mets' next 18 games are against some of the worst teams in baseball, such as the Pittsburgh Pirates, Oakland A's, Chicago Cubs, and the Miami Marlins, teams with a combined average winning percentage of .393. These are teams who have nothing to play for and will have young players called up from the minors, on the field, and on the mound. The only real challenge the Mets should have is a three-game set with the Milwaukee Brewers who are fighting to get into the wild card in late September, and then what will probably be a division-deciding three-game face-off with the Atlanta Braves in early October before finishing off the Nats to end the season and begin the playoffs. There will be a Braves-Mets showdown for all the marbles, most likely. And baseball couldn't ask for better drama. But to get to that early October matchup, the Braves have to play a murderer's row of contenders. And they have to continue to plow through these teams. On Friday, the Braves start a stretch of games that include three against the Seattle Mariners, then three against the Giants, and then three against the Philadelphia Phillies. All of these teams are fighting for their wild card lives and very much in it to win it. In the next 10 game stretch after that, they have to see the Phillies four more times before that three game slam fest with the Mets, which is sure to be amazing. It'll be fun watching veterans DeGrom and Scherzer match up against the Braves' young black talent and Michael Harris II and Vaughn Grissom and their young arms. So, based on the schedule, the Mets probably pull out the decision. But you never know, the Braves are the defending world champs. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto
3: If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new.
1: All right, now let's welcome him into the podcast. He hosts the uh, morning show at 92 9, the game in Atlanta. My buddy Hugh Douglas, yes, the former defensive rookie of the year in the NFL back in 1995. What's going on, Hugh? How are you? What's going on, man? How you doing today? Man, doing great. Great to hear your voice. And it sounds like you got a little pep in your step step, since the Atlanta Braves, the defending Major League Baseball uh, champs, uh, entering Wednesday, have caught the New York Metropolitans in first place. How shocked are you, Hugh? You know what, Rob? I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't
6: think this was going to happen. I thought the Mets, you know, the way that they looked early in the season, you know, I I thought that they were going to be a a formidable team. I thought, like, it's still a lot of baseball. I can play, like, 20-something games. But still, the way that they're falling, uh, falling apart now, and then you hear Scherzer's hurt. And things of that nature is looking good for the Braves.
1: Hugh, here's the thing that jumps out. We know the team that they had. They won a World Series without probably their best player, Ronald Acuna Jr. last year, which is just unbelievable that you could lose a player of that caliber and win the World Series. But the rookies, they have nothing but a wealth of talent coming up from the minor leagues. You got Michael Harris II and Spencer Strider. Both of those guys are uh, National League Rookie of the Year candidates. And then recently they called up Vaughn Grissom, who's another stud. I mean, again, uh, the Braves, how how surprised are you that the Braves just have so much talent in the minor leagues?
6: Hey, man, listen, at the beginning of the season, you know, they got off to a slow start, in, in which gave the Mets the opportunity to get that 10-game lead that they had. But when you talk about bringing up Michael Harrison, him hitting the ground running. You talk about Spencer Strider, who to me looks like he's the ace of the staff. And then you talk about Vaughn Grissom. Brian Snicker has been pushing all the right buttons when it comes to this Braves team, uh, Rob, no question about that. And it's like the way that his his managing style, he doesn't get he doesn't get over his skis, he doesn't get too high, He doesn't get too low. He has his finger on the pulse of this team and they're playing well right now at the
1: right time. And it is important about being at the right time. You know, you can be out to a big lead early in May or June. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And and you would rather you be uh, ready to go come postseason time, which, as we know, October is right around the corner.
6: Yeah, that's how I kind of look at it, Rob. I kind of equate baseball kind of like the football. You want to be peaking towards the end of the season. You never want to be peaking at the beginning or somewhere in the middle, you want to be peaking right about the end because that's when the playoffs start, and that's when you want your team to start looking good and looking like a playoff-caliber team.
1: No doubt. Our guest is Hugh Douglas, who uh, does the morning show on the uh, game 92.9 in Atlanta. And how about the buzz in in Atlanta? Atlanta's got a beautiful ballpark, which I did visit this summer, and uh, people, uh, you know, it's just a great place to watch how about Braves fans? Are do, do you hear excitement, enthusiasm that maybe they can come out of the National League again? We know the Dodgers are tough, uh, playing great baseball, but why not the Braves? Yeah, why not the Braves? You
6: talk about a team that caught fire last year around this time, had a lot of contributions. You talk about how Alex Anthopoulos rebuilt that outfield and 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 brought in guys that that contributed right away for this Braves team. So there's no question that this team could, could could go back. You talk about Matt Olson this year, bringing in Matt Olsen and everything like that. they pushed all the right buttons, and they've done a tremendous job of keeping this team relevant, even with the loss of Freddie Freeman, and getting ready to play some good baseball here in October.
1: I was going to ask last question about Freddie Freeman, who was emotional when he returned to Atlanta, and there was a lot of talk that he really didn't want to leave and, and, you know, and... He was a part of the Braves organization from the very beginning and, uh, you know, finally won a World Series. And he signed a great deal with the Dodgers, and he's on a great team. But were you surprised as a former athlete, like, how emotional he really was about being a part of the Braves organization, even though he left on his own terms?
6: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, Rob, because you're talking about a guy who, who, who's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it, he's a Hall of Famer. And the fact that he left the organization, didn't want to leave, he did what we thought was best for him. It's just kind of weird how that th- whole thing went down. It seemed like there was a miscommunication, or or he wanted more years than the Braves wanted, willing to give, and he ended up a Dodger. Like, listen, he's out there balling. He's out there balling. No question about that. But the fact that he still talks about Atlanta, or he did talk about Atlanta the way that he did, he's going to always be a Brave. But you know, you go, you got to take the money. You got to do what's best for you and your family.
1: And I would be remiss with the start of the NFL season and having you on the podcast for one little prediction. Mar- um, Mariota is now the, uh, Marcus Mariota is now the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. What a change, you know, after Matt Ryan in all those years. Hugh, what kind of season can we expect, uh, you know, briefly on the Atlanta Falcons? Is this another bad year for them?
6: You know what? It's, it's kind of hard to say. I think that Desmond Ritter is the future. I think that you have to figure out if he can play or not. Listen, Marcus Mayer hasn't played in two years. I don't know what we're going to get from him, to be totally honest with you, Rob. I think, that, I think the Atlanta Falcons have the potential to be a lot better than what people think they are. But it's going to be a tough season, man. It's going to all depend on how well Coach Pease, Dean Pease's defense, defense plays this year.
1: His name is Hugh Douglas. Check him out in Atlanta 929 The Game. He's doing that morning drive, the big time show. We appreciate you, Hugh. Always great. My friend, thank you.
6: Hey, have a good one, brother. Appreciate you.
3: Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Track two. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close.
1: Reason number 595 why baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL. And we saw it on Wednesday in the Bronx. The Yankees had a makeup game from the rain out against the Twins. So they had a double dip. They had two games, one that started at three, and the other one that was going to start no later than 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And the big thing about this is it wasn't a day-night doubleheader where they charge you, you know, um, ticket prices for each game, where they empty the stadium after the first game and then they bring in a new crowd. This was a single admission game. So you paid one price and you were able to see two games if you felt the need to see a double dip in the middle of the week in September on a school night. But uh, I love the idea of this, and when I was a kid, we used to go to doubleheaders all the time, and back then sit there for five and six hours (laughs) and not even think anything of it. But it still is the only sport where you can go and see a doubleheader. There's no doubleheader in basketball. There's no doubleheader in football. Baseball, you can still go see a doubleheader. Two games for the price of one in the Bronx on Wednesday, and that is pretty neat. In the words of New York TV legend the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week.
3: Same bad time, same bad station. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
3: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
3: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.